0: John and I made incredibly shrewd career moves, uh, career decisions, took career paths. We are not running backs, so we never will have to complain about only making like five or $10 million a year.
1: Yeah, or, or 11 in the case of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Or 11,
0: or, or about 6, which is where Cook might come in. But that's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about Vikings training camp today. We're going to get into all the things that are happening, including certain people driving a certain speed uh, on a certain highway recently and blaming it on their dog, which is the worst excuse ever. But let's start with the very interesting plight of the run, relative plight of running backs in the NFL, including Dalvin Cook. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. That's the way to listen. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's absolutely. It's the easiest way to listen, and it's the most reliable way to listen. All of our shows, all of our archives are at talknorth.com. Check out the John Krasinski Show on the Timberwolves. Also check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. I want to thank Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, and Star Bank. All right, John, it, it is fascinating that a position that is important and it requires so much of the players who play it, players who take so much punishment, who have to be exceptional athletes, it is fascinating to see the position devalued the way it has been devalued. Saquon Barkley settles for a one-year $11 million deal. Uh, Even though he's better than Daniel Jones, he's going to make a quarter of what Daniel Jones makes and not with none of the long-term security. Dalvin Cook is still a very good player. He has not signed yet. And we have a bunch of other good running backs on the market right now. What do you make of all this?
1: Yeah, it it feels like it's been... I think it's harder for, I think, people of our vintage Jim. Um, and I'm putting myself in your vintage here, uh, that's, to kind that's of kind of you to kind of come to grips with, because we all grew up in an era of the NFL that was dominated by running backs, whether it was Walter Payton, whether it was, you know, OJ Simpson, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Um, You know, just any number of them, they were it was the glamour position in the league for a very, very long time. And football was this man's game. It was a physical sport and it was we are going to impose our will with our running backs. And they are the dynamic playmakers of the uh, of, of the game. That's just that's the way that I grew up watching the game. Um, and now it has, that has obviously been supplanted where receivers, obviously quarterbacks are the most, uh, important position. They have the most on them. They would get paid the most money, but receivers have certainly supplanted the running backs as the kind of glamor, uh, ball carrying, catching position, and they are getting all of the money. And so, um, to watch it happen you know, really over the last several years, but I feel like this is the season that it's really kind of just slapped everyone right in the face that, Hey, we are at this position. I think it's, it is, it's, it's, it's difficult to grasp, but it's also just sort of the reality of where the game has gone coupled with, you know, pure capitalism, which is what the NFL has become. There is a surplus of players who can play the position of running back good enough to uh, keep offenses going and to fulfill the roles that they have now. And there is less, uh, there are fewer of the really high end receivers who can come in and change games the way that Justin Jefferson does and Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill and some of those, some of those other players. So what we're seeing is just a reflection of an evolving time. But given that my sort of football watching foundation was built on the running game and running backs, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, 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 uh, to really grasp, but that's the way of the world right now. And it's just, it's just changing. And I don't think that anything is going to slow that down.
0: You brought up a fascinating name. Emmett Smith was the last star running back to be a driving force of a dynasty. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know everybody loves Aikman, and he went on to become very famous through broadcasting. And of course, he was a an excellent player, and he's a great clutch player, and he's a great leader. He he deserves all the accolades. He's a Hall of Fame player. But what's amazing is if you go back and look it up, those Dallas Cowboys teams, the ones that won three Super Bowls and almost went to another one, when Emmett Smith was out of the lineup, they lost. Mm-hmm. When Troy Aikman was out of the lineup, with Emmett Smith in the lineup, they won. That's like the last time I can remember the the running back being more valuable, demonstrably more valuable than the quarterback. And I would say since then, the only star running back who might have been anywhere close to that and and, and really not close to that was Marshawn Lynch was probably one of the key players when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Uh, But they also had a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson, one of the greatest defenses of all time and great special teams, great coaching, all that. So it wasn't quite the same. But really since Smith, we saw slowly, gradually, and then overwhelmingly, the NFL say, you know what? You can win with an average running back. You cannot win with an average quarterback.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I would certainly put, um, you know, Adrian's 2,000-yard season in there. In Not a Super Bowl winner, but, like, as a player, as a running back who put an offense entirely on his shoulders and took it to a place that it didn't belong to go. Um, but the, like all that to say is that it is so few and far between, and that is now so long ago that it feels like that's just I mean, it, it's a bygone era. And and so you look around, and I mean, maybe you can say, you know, uh Derrick Henry in Tennessee, um, you know, maybe Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, but those aren't teams that are winning Super Bowls. Um, they are they're having they're they're built on a ground game, but they have a limited and a lowered ceiling, as I always say. And um, and so I think what, if anything, what this is allowing us to do is have a conversation about something that really has affected a lot of players in this league for a long time, but now that the running backs are sort of squarely in it and have a little bit of star power to gain some, some attention to it, it's just really the economics of, of the NFL in general. And the this economic system and the contracts um, of the league are built on churning through young players at a remarkable degree and only paying a select few of the older players really big money. Now it hurts the running backs, I think, more than other positions because that tread comes off the tire quickly when you play that position. And so if you are a fourth round draft pick and you play, you, you, you win a starting job and you play that position for three years, boy, um, the ability or the, you know, the, the, the amount of punishment, your body endures and your ability to sustain whatever production you have, um, later on in your career is really difficult. And so, these guys really do get a short end of it, but I think that happens to linebackers. I think that happens to safeties. I think that happens to defensive linemen. Um, And, at, but they are not quite the same, you know, they don't have the same cachet um, as Saquon Barkley does as Jonathan uh, uh, Taylor does as, as Jacobs Josh Jacobs does. And so it's maybe we haven't paid quite as much of attention to it, but the fact that these guys sign relatively cheap rookie deals and by the end of those rookie deals, they are either at the end of their prime or past their prime. And so you can franchise tag them once or twice, do all this other stuff. I mean, it's 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 a bad, it's a raw deal for these players, but all sorts of other players at other positions are getting this raw deal as well. And we're not maybe not paying as much attention to it.
0: One more note on this topic before we get more to Vikings camp. Uh, the names you mentioned are really interesting. Adrian Peterson, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, even McCaffrey when he was with Carolina. I think a, I think the Zimmer plan, build a team around a strong running game, ball control, and try to have a great defense, I think that can get you to about 10 wins. Mm-hmm. Roughly 10 wins. It can win you a, a, a division that isn't great. It's just not going to get you all the way through the playoffs. It's just not.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yep. I mean, we, yeah, we just, we just haven't seen it. Like, there has not been a team to break. And, and here's the other thing, Jim. Like, if, let's say one of these teams does break through, I don't think Tennessee is going to be very good this year, but let's just say that something happens magically and Henry has a monster year and they get to the Super Bowl. They even get to the AFC title game, but they get to the Super Bowl. That's an anomaly. Like, that's, that's something that, that it's not going to cause. Uh, general managers and head coaches to look at the situation and rethink it and say, maybe we got this wrong. Maybe we can build around a running back. No, it just so happens that the running back in that situation is an absolute freak of nature the, with size and speed and strength and durability that is completely uncommon for that position. Adrian Peterson was another one of those players that was, you know, just so big, so strong, so fast, and really kind of hung on to a lot of that physical talent for a lot longer than most running backs do. But that doesn't mean that he is uh, uh, changing the way that the game is going to be constructed, that rosters are going to be constructed. No, he's the exception to the rule. And so that's just the way that it is. And until there is a, a, a real pattern that develops with several teams in several different situations with seven, several different backs having real real success like deep into the playoffs super bowls that sort of thing that's what's going to prompt copycats but it's not going to be a case of of you know one player breaking through and having a great year and carrying an offense and then everyone rethinking it that's just that, that that's not it there's too much evidence to the way the game is is officiated the way the game is is constructed these days to say that, uh, we're ever going to be going back to the days where it was, you know, thousand yard rusher after thousand yard rusher, that they were the guys that were the headliners of, of the offense. That's gone.
0: Let's get to the Vikings without Dalvin cook entering camp this week. Uh, first, want to let you know, we're coming to you from the Aquarius home services studios. Here's more about Aquarius home services out here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com. Thanks to our longtime sponsors on this show, on the John Krasinski Show, on many shows across the platform. TSR Injury Law, very simple. If you're injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. They will take good care of you or they will steer you in the right direction. If they do take your case, they won't charge you unless they win your case and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a great Minnesota success story. That's why you see all the billboards. That's why Steve Terry sits courtside at Timberwolves games because they've done so well on behalf of their clients, 612-TSR-TIME. I also want to let you know the big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. All right, what are you looking forward to? Or will you be looking at as camp opens?
1: You know, Jim, I, I was uh, reading uh, yesterday. My, my compatriot at the uh, at the Athletic, Alec Lewis, was just putting together sort of a camp preview and. Um, and 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 kind of detailed a lot of the position battles that are going to be happening in camp and 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 the sort of roster depth chart intrigue and it really kind of stuck out to me just how many spots are sort of open for grabs um and and how many important areas that are going to be really looked at in camp here and maybe that's a maybe that's a bad sign for the Vikings or maybe it'll turn out to be okay but i mean you're talking about you know, sometimes a little bit down the depth chart at wide receiver, what's happening there, what's going to happen at punt returner, uh, what they're going to do right behind Alexander Madison in terms of the backup running back, but even more so they have starting defensive linemen that they got to figure out. They have sort of the starting edge rusher starting safety. Um, they have all sorts of different spots and then, you know, the number two quarter cornerback as well, uh, opposite Murphy. So, um, there are going to be just, I think, a lot of real competitive battles to watch in camp and just seeing how these guys compete against each other, just seeing what the offense or what the coaches look at and how they're evaluating it. Um, And and so I, I feel like this training camp is going to be just really important in terms of establishing who is going to get some real prime playing time that's up for grabs. And so I think that's going to make the camp really entertaining and, and intense um, with with all that stuff up for grabs.
0: So I think that uh, I'm gonna be watching three draft choices. Seen, Booth, and Addison. Mm-hmm. If those three guys come through, if Booth can be a starting, a good starting cornerback in the NFL, and he has the athletic ability to do so, if Scene is a good impact safety, play next to Harrison Smith, and if Addison plays well, as basically a a number two receiver in his rookie year, I think a lot of things fall in place. Not there are other things defensive front, Hunter, a lot of other issues going on. But to me, those those would solve a lot of problems immediately. Um, now, of course, we got to talk about do have we are we worried about Jordan Addison who drove 140 miles an hour then offered the worst excuse i've ever heard for driving 140 miles an hour at 3 a.m are we and he also was injured it hasn't been on the field yet are you worried about are we like i'm more
1: worried almost about the excuse than the yes i agree like i mean i look i know 140 miles an hour is completely reckless and um and and he he should not be doing that he is also uh, you know, a kid in his young 20s who is driving a freaking Lamborghini. Like, would I be able to keep my foot off the gas? I don't know. I'd probably want to, to, to test it as well. He should not have been speeding to that degree. But to offer that excuse is just kind of shocking <laughs> to me. Um, And so that's, I, I think that is a thing that you look at and you say, all right, w- you know, what are you, who is, advising this young man who, you know, what's, what is he thinking about in terms of what he can and can't get away with. And I hope that this is a lesson to him about handling himself in the public eye, because it's only going to get more intense, hotter, all of those adjectives um, as he goes along and as he suits up for me. Um, I think I can, at least for right now, I can chalk that up as a, you know, a young person, Making a stupid mistake, learn from it and move on. If he has more of them, then yeah, then we can have more ch- more discussions about his character and all that. To me, I just I want to see him on the field. Um, I want to see him playing uh, and practicing because receiver in the NFL, including in this in this offense, is not an easy position to learn right away. And so, if you're going to be missing time with injuries as he did um, in the uh, in the summertime. I don't think that helps him. So he's got to get moving that way in addition to kind of the, you know, taking care of business off the field.
0: I just think he should have been you know, he should have thought well ahead. And 10, 20 years ago, whenever it was, when he was three years old, he should have gone to the symposium, the rookie symposium, and learned from Chris Carter that you need to have a fall guy.
1: <laughs> need a fall guy. You got a fall I mean, guy in the trunk. The guy,
0: guy jumps out of the trunk, jumps in the driver's seat, and, and then you're, you're clear. And then you pay off the fall guy, and everything's fine. You don't have to pretend your dog was texting you. He's a
1: fast guy. Like, he could run away. And, I, I mean, I don't know that the, yeah. the police would catch him. So, yeah. yeah good abs- point. A- absolutely, yes. Like,
0: Chris Carter, words to live by.
1: And, and Hey, he's a, he's a former Viking. So maybe he'll come in and can meet with Jordan, sit him down and give him that kind of really stellar
0: advice. Fall guy, not fall dog. That is the key <laughs> distinction here. Um, what else intrigues you about this camp? Uh, I I'm actually to be open. I'm going to be on vacation. So I'm going to miss the yeah. early part of camp. Uh, you know, as a writer who's covered a million camps, I don't get all that fired up about practice. Uh, but the good thing about the Vikings is they do have skill position players that make practices kind of fun. You get to watch uh, what should be a very dynamic offense. You get to see how uh, Madison's is adapting. You get to see Justin Jefferson, presumably Addison Osborne Hawkinson running around catching the ball. So this is probably a more entertaining camp than most NFL teams have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly, there's a lot of star power. Cousins will be flinging the ball all over the place and that's good. And, and so kind of a, an offshoot of that, which I really do want to watch and and look at, is I want to see all of these cornerbacks, all of these defensive backs, uh in the seven-on-seven kind of passing drills against this very good Vikings passing offense. Um, you have a lot of unproven guys. Louis Seen is one of them, Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth, Makai Blackman, like all of these guys um that will get reps defensively against very good players. Hockinson, Jefferson, uh, Madison uh, in in space, all of those things. So uh, they're going to be tested a lot, and they have a lot on the line as they're sort of trying to carve out their own corners on this defense. And it's one that is in flux. It's one that I think Flores is going to be looking for who is going to step up and play very aggressively and sort of take hold of those positions. And so to watch them and how they hold up against a, a veteran passing offense, I think is going to be fun. And I want to see what kind of recovery that, that booth has has, and I want to see what kind of, uh, recovery that scene, how he, how is he moving? Like, what does he look tentative at all? What's, what's going on there? And can, can he really just jump in and be a difference maker on the back end of that secondary? And, and so the, the battles that they're going to have against Addison, Jefferson, Hawkinson, uh, Osborne, you know, all of these guys and, you know, Jalen Naylor's another guy that I really like just, just seeing how that plays out. I think that will be. Entertaining to sit out there and watch, um, not in the 100 degree heat of later this week, but maybe in like 90 or 85 degree heat. Like I'll be waiting for that.
0: And here's a sleeper what I'll be watching for. There are obviously a lot of big position battles or positions of dire need. Uh, we, we're going to keep an eye on Jefferson and Hunter and those negotiations. I don't want to belabor those right now because you never know when deals are going to get done. I'm kind of intrigued by Brian Esamoa. Hmm. Last year, opposing defenses really really took advantage of the fact that the Vikings linebackers did not run particularly well, could be picked on in pass coverage. Eric Hendricks, as great a career as he had, he looked a step slow, whether that was him or the defense. Uh, and the linebackers just didn't make as many plays as they've made in the past. Asmoa is a dynamic athlete. He's a big personality, too. Uh, I just sense he's the kind of guy... Who, even if he makes some some youthful mistakes, he's going to make some big plays just because he, he's sudden, as, as, a, as NFL scouts like to say. He is a sudden player. You need a, I mean, you, just, you need athletes
1: um, out there as much as you can, and he certainly does have that. Uh, he has athleticism. Now what we'll get to see uh, is as he gets really solidified into that spot is does he have the instincts? Does he have – The football acumen, does he have the understanding of the position? um, And can he apply all of that, all of that athleticism in productive ways? And so that will be a huge key to whether this defense can make strides from last season is do you just have, can you just use that athleticism? And can Brian Flores put him in positions to be really aggressive using that athleticism to their advantage. Um, the other, the other thing that I really want to see um, from the defense in this training camp, but also into the preseason, is Marcus Davenport. Man, like he, like he, they made this addition with the idea that he's a good fit for the scheme that they want to run. Um, but he only had a half a sack last season, and he had nine the year before but um, you know, half a sack uh, for, for a defensive end when you may not have Daniil Hunter is not going to get it done. So is he going to be the type of player that in this, in this defense that was last year's Marcus Davenport or will he be you know 2021's Marcus Davenport where at least he had nine sacks and he was, he was effective as a pass rusher And so, um, how he sort of comes together and, and what his presence means either positively or negatively, um, is, is I think going to be a really important part of where this defense can go, because if you don't get much production from him, now you're in real trouble. I think, uh, from a pass rushing standpoint, if you don't have Daniel Hunter back in the mix.
0: Well, and you just said it. I was about to bring that up. I'm looking at the uh, Vikings depth chart right now, and there are a lot of question marks. There are good mm-hmm. players. There are good athletes. There are a lot of question marks, um, but man, you take Daniel Hunter's name out of that lineup, and it just doesn't look right. Oh,
1: no, not at all, not at all. And so, yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen. We like we we've seen Saquon Barkley come to come to terms on a new deal right before the season or right before training camp starts here for the giants. But that's obviously a much different situation than Daniel Hunter is in. And so how far this goes, um, it's going to be really interesting because Hunter, you can argue has some real leverage here to exert on the Vikings because you take him out of there and what the heck else do you have? And so how far he's willing to push that and how, much the the Vikings are willing to keep their heels dug in is going to, I think have a major factor on where this defense can be and can go uh, in 2023 because uh, you take him out of it and my gosh, that's a big hole and you, you see the names behind them and it's unless you get lightning in a bottle, some other way uh, that's, they're going to, they're going to be hurting for, for pass rush and for, like we, uh, along with Asamoah, they're going to be hurting for athletes. And that's, that's a big problem.
0: It is. Uh, He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. Check out the John Krasinski show on our network about the Timberwolves and the NBA. It's one of our most popular shows. Check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, or just go to talknorth.com. Check out all of the shows, find the archives of the shows you like the most. And uh, thanks for listening.